Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, this is Cat Lee from InspiredToAction.com, and I'm bringing you another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. I've been kind of going back and forth with the podcast because I'm trying to figure out do I want it to be an hour long interview episode every single time? Or do I want to share a five-minute little snippets of information now and again? And so what I've gone with is right now I'm just trying to be consistent and faithful with it. So some episodes are going to be longer interviews with other people, and other ones might be short five- to ten-minute bits. But right now I just want to keep getting ideas and encouragement to you guys. So I hope you'll forgive the fluctuation in time. Um, hopefully I'll be able to turn enough out that if you're going for a run, you can just queue up a few back-to-back and listen to those. So anyway, for today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to be a more patient mom in 24 hours. That's my most popular post on my blog, and I wanted to share it with you on the podcast because there's something about hearing somebody share something that I think sometimes is a little bit more encouraging and a little bit more interesting to digest and to dive into. So I want to first mention that I'm sick. So you can play your violin music for me if you want to. But I have had – I'm actually allergic to the month of February, I think. And I don't know. And for the longest time, I didn't realize that. When I was in college, I um, would always come back from Christmas break and think, oh, wow, I always seem to get sick over Christmas. But then it finally occurred to me that I didn't get sick every Christmas. I'm just allergic to like January and February and usually eases up somewhere in March. So I'm pretty excited about – the months changing here in a couple days, but so yeah, so I'm sick. So you know, there's there's my voice. I hope it sounds. It's not quite the cool, fun, low voice that you get sometimes when you're sick. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. All right, moving on. Um, uh, so yeah, so today I wanted to talk about how to be a more patient mom in just 24 hours because I think a lot of times we kind of overcomplicate parenting, or, or at least I do. I will check out a bazillion books from the library or download all kinds of things or just get on my face in the carpet being like, Lord, what am I doing wrong? I'm just so frustrated all the time or I'll get so upset or, you know, just lose it or not do the things that I know that I want to do. And really, those all, all those things are great. And those are wonderful ideas and solutions and things to do to help us be better moms. But honestly... A lot of times I think we overcomplicate it. And so I want to point out a few ideas today that I think that if you just focused, and if I just focused, and did all of these in one day, and these are all habits that I've really been working on to incorporate into my life um, so that I can kind of have that foundation of just feeling better so that I'm not being a grumpy mom simply because I'm tired or because I'm not taking care of my body or whatever. But I'm maybe being a grumpy mom because there's actually a valid, complicated situation that really needs my attention. It's not just some normal situation that's heightened because I'm not really feeling well. So we're going to go over a few points um, on how to be a more patient mom in 24 hours. And it's actually just five little things that anybody can incorporate starting today. Or tomorrow, because if you're listening to this at like 11 o'clock p.m., it's probably not going to be very helpful. Okay, moving on. So the first one is to get enough sleep. And I know that is a challenge to say when there's probably a lot of you that are young moms and or maybe, you know, 
older moms, but you have a, a little one or one that's not sleeping very well. But if we can do whatever it takes to try to get more sleep, that is just going to make the world brighter in a whole different place. And you're going to feel like Mary Poppins because getting enough sleep is just crucial to having the right outlook on our day and to having energy to play Candyland one more time or whatever it is that you're encountering during the day, getting enough sleep, it can just make the hugest difference in your outlook and your attitude. I try to shoot for about seven hours of sleep. Sometimes I get eight, sometimes I get six, but I try to shoot for about seven hours because for me, that's what kind of my optimal Okay, maybe not optimal. Maybe eight would be more optimal, but seven is what I'm willing to live with at this point in time. So kind of figure out what that number might be for you. Maybe it's more. There's lots of people who need more sleep. My oldest daughter needs a ton of sleep, and my youngest, my son, doesn't need all that much sleep. So figure out what that optimal number of hours is for you, and it'll take a day or two and shoot for getting plenty of sleep a couple days in a row, and you're just going to see a huge impact on, like I said, your energy level and your outlook for the day. One thing that I do that helps me to get more sleep is a, a lot of you probably know that I love my mornings and I try to get up, you know, at a slightly early hour so that I can get a start on my day. And so what I do to help me to get to bed on time, because that's honestly the biggest barrier, I think, to most people getting up early is to actually go to bed at a reasonable hour so that you're still getting enough sleep in between. So the thing that I do, because I do love my mornings so much, is I make myself get seven hours of sleep. So if I'm up late watching YouTube videos of random concert footage from whoever my current favorite musician is, which currently it's all sons and daughters, you need to check out their album. It's awesome. So if I'm up late um, YouTubing and watching videos of different artists and it hits, you know, 11, 12 o'clock then I don't allow myself to get up until seven hours later, whether that's 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., which for me is really hard because I love those early morning hours, sipping coffee, spending time with the Lord, getting a jump start on my day. And so by forcing myself to get those seven hours, it helps me to get to bed at a lot more reasonable hour. Now, your situation might be different. Maybe you have little ones getting up in the middle of the night. And then just say, give yourself grace for whatever your situation is. Just give yourself grace and do what you can to get enough sleep because it's, it's going to just change. It's going to change everything. So that's point number one. Try to get enough sleep. One other thing that I want to say about that is that a lot of times, once we finally get the kids to bed, we'll sit down or maybe it's even after our husband goes to bed and everybody's in bed and the house is quiet and it's just, you know, we feel like we're kids in a candy store. The night is ours and we can do whatever we want to. Woo but really a lot of times taking that me time at night steals from our joy the next day. And I know for me, I can stay up late and call it relaxation when really after spending a couple hours on Twitter or Facebook, I'm actually not relaxed, but my eyes are all red and bleary-eyed, and I wish I could go to bed, but I didn't get up earlier to take my shower and get ready, and now I'm just wasting time. And so often I end up staying up late in the name of relaxation, but it's not actually relaxing. And I wonder if some of you might do the same. And so I want to challenge you that when you sit down and you feel like, I'm just going to relax— for a couple hours or for an hour or for 30 minutes or whatever it is, 
Instead, maybe go take a shower, go get ready for bed and relax in bed so that when you do get tired, you can actually just roll over and go to sleep instead of just surfing the internet to the end of time. Okay, that was point number one, and that was just get enough sleep. Point number two is drink a bunch of water. You know, they say six to eight glasses of water a day. I don't know if you've ever tried that, but what I do, I'm spending all day in the bathroom. I'm sorry if that's TMI, but I am. And so I don't, I think it depends on you, how much water you can handle and whatnot. But I just say just drink a lot more water than you currently are because a lot of us walk around dehydrated. And if you've ever been dehydrated or noticed it and then you grab a glass of water and you drink it, suddenly you just feel different. You have a bit more energy. Life looks a little bit better. So I want to challenge you to drink plenty of water, whether it's six, eight glasses, whatever. As long as you're drinking a little bit more today than you were yesterday, then I just say call it a win and keep going. Number three is be like a wall of jello. Okay, I'm going to explain this because I know it doesn't really make sense unless you're Kristen Strong, who is constantly tweeting me saying, Hey, Kat, I was a wall of jello today. She's awesome. She blogs at chasingblueskies.net, and I just love her. And uh, she's she has really grabbed onto this idea and encourages me with it. So be like a wall of jello. Now, what that means is, you know, being a grown-up with emotional kids can kind of be tough. I have you know, a couple emotional kids. But imagine what it's like to be a kid with an emotional parent. And that's even harder. And so I don't want to be an emotional parent. Granted, I have emotions and all that, but I want to be like a wall of jello. I want to be the one that when my kid comes home from a long day at school or the playground or wherever they were, and they're just spent, so they have zero filter left, that they can just dump their yuck on me and I can just absorb it and just still give back sweetness and kindness and love. And sometimes for me it helps to have that visual of, okay, hey, I recognize right now that my kid is kind of spent. They're at the end of their rope. And instead of just nitpicking that, oh, they're not being respectful, oh, they're not being this or they're not doing that, um, when I get tired and when I get frustrated, I tend to get nitpicky and detailed and I need to, for me, I need to kind of rebel against that a little bit because I can be kind of justice-oriented. And so instead, I want to be like a wall of jello. I want to be an actor in my child's life and not a reactor, doing the things that I know that I want to do. I want to love them. I want to make them feel affirmed and cared for. I want to show them what it's like to walk with God. And so I want to be a wall of jello so that when they're just done and they have no filter left, that I just kind of absorb all of that and still reflect how, you know, I would love for them to be responding and how I would love for them to be acting and behaving um, by not responding just full of emotion and reactionary towards them. So I hope that makes sense. I love what James uh, 1, 19 through 20 says. It says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Oh, that's so good. I just love that line that says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Man, I want my children to be righteous. I want them to pursue him and to love him. And if my anger isn't going to produce that, then I just don't need to have it around. And so I want to just let the Holy Spirit work through me so that I can be that wall of jello for my kids. 
Um, so that's point number three. Point number four is to be all there and not multitask. And I know that's hard in today's society with iPhones and iPads and just things coming at us from a hundred different directions. If anything, I love ideas and I love thinking and I love doing stuff. And sometimes sitting down just to play a game of Candyland can be a challenge for me. But I've also noticed that when I try to do two things at once, when I think that, oh, you know what, Candyland doesn't take that much brain power, I can kind of write a blog post on this scrap piece of paper while I play Candyland. When I try to do that, then when my son keeps asking question after question or doing simple little childlike things that are perfectly normal, I get a little frustrated because, you know what, hey, son, I'm trying to write this blog post so I can help moms be better moms, so can you just be quiet for a minute? Seriously, how wrong is that, right? So I'm learning and kind of training myself. Obviously, it's just a work in progress, but I want to be all there with my kids. Sarah May um, says, she she calls it living life in the blink. I don't know if, you know, she patented that or if that was originally her idea, but she's been writing this series and she talks about living life in the blink and just living fully in the moment. And I want to do that because when we do that, when we're living fully in the moment, you know, focused, hey, right now I'm totally focused on my kids. We are much likely to get frustrated at their little things and we're more likely to enjoy them. And, you know, you don't need to be fully present 100% with your kids every moment that you're around them. You could even, and I know this might sound a little detailed, but you could even set a timer and, you know, not anything maybe that your kids are going to hear, but just in your head, know that, hey, for the next five minutes, I'm going to be fully present with my kid. I'm not going to do chores. I'm not going to dust one more thing. I'm just going to be fully present and dive into their world for the next five minutes. When that five minutes is up, then I can go back to doing chores. Maybe they can help me with them. We can do whatever. But just being intentional about taking pockets of time and diving into their world, not multitasking, but being focused on them can have a huge impact, not just on your own patience level, but really on your kids too, because you're filling their attention basket. And when their attention basket is full, they're not grasping at doing whatever they can, which sometimes can be annoying and cause frustration and lack of patience in us. Um, They're not doing that because their attention basket's full. Okay, so that's point number four. Point number five is to start early. Now, I have never been one to start early. I remember growing up, being upstairs, having my dad downstairs saying, it's time to go, sweetie. It was time to go 10 minutes ago, 15 minutes ago. I have never been one to be particularly on time, and that's a terrible fault that hopefully I'm in the process of rectifying. But with kids, it gets multiplied like to the nth degree because I think there's some filter that when a mom says, Hey, kids, hurry up. We need to go. Let's hurry up. They hear, all right, I need you to slow down. Go as slowly as you possibly can. Dawdle and get one more thing. Now, I know that's not really what kids hear, but it seems like it to moms, doesn't it? Hopefully that's not just me. But sometimes when I ask my kids, hey, come on, we're, we're in a hurry. We're late. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. They do the opposite. And I don't think they're intentionally trying to be difficult or whatever. I just think kids don't really have very much of a speed-up mode like we as parents do. And so by starting 15 minutes early for whatever thing that you need to do, whether it's just getting the kids to the dinner table or whether it's getting them out the door, 
by starting early, you're removing that that level of frustration that you can get when they're not moving as quickly as you like. That frustration that sets in because you're pressed by a time commitment to be somewhere, and you're also pressed because you want to be kind and patient with your children. And when you try to squeeze that all into one, you know, five-minute time frame, you're not cutting yourself very much slack. And so by starting 15 minutes early, it gives your kids the time to adjust to, you know, getting out the door, getting their shoes on, and you're building some margin into your life. And I used to be a web designer, or I use that phrase loosely. I used to have a web development company. And Although I've never been much of a designer, I do know that in design, it's so key and so important to have white space because it gives readers room to breathe when they look at your site. And I think as moms, we need to build so much more white space into our days if we want to be as patient as we really hope to be. Uh, Because things happen, life happens, kids have their own ideas and agendas. They're not just puppets or robots to do our bidding they have their own thoughts and and they you know discover things in a moment and i want to have that margin in my day to notice hey look there's a little roly poly on the ground let's pick it up and look at it and when we can set our timers to start earlier than we think we need to we're building that margin into our day and into our moments so that we can be fully present with our kids and experience life with them so that's pretty much it just five simple things that you can do uh, you know, get more sleep, drink more water, be like a wall of jello, be all there and don't multitask, and start 15 minutes early. And what I want to do is I want to challenge you to try these steps, these five steps, for just one day. You know, don't get overwhelmed trying to make some sort of permanent life change yet because that's gonna, that's just going to drown you and you're just going to Feel like you failed if you hit day two and you didn't drink 15 glasses of water or whatnot. So just try it for one day and see what kind of impact that it makes. Um, And so I want to challenge you to do that. And what I want you to do is if you do that, if you take the one day patient mom challenge, I want you to come back to um, this post and leave a note in the comments and let us know what happened. How did it go for you? What worked? What didn't work? What had an impact and what didn't have an impact? And, you know, I know you're going to come up with great ideas on how to be a more patient mom. What are the little things that we can do that can have an instant impact on our patient's level? And I'd love for you to leave those in the comments of this post. Well, that's all we have for this episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. But you can check out all the shows and other resources, including free ebooks and prayer calendars at my blog at inspiredtoaction.com. And if you think this podcast would encourage other moms, I'd really appreciate it if you would take a minute to rate it in iTunes. But I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune in. And I hope you've been encouraged and challenged and, well, you know, inspired to action. So don't forget that you are a mom. You're kind of a big deal. So go be awesome. Later. Later.